But he's not impregnating his brother. He's using his brother to impregnate the plants. Oh, that's better. Yes. <laughs> Is it? No. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You can't use the. You can't do brother impreg. I. You know what? I'm going to stake my reputation on that. You can quote me. Aaron Voigt says, "Do not do brother impreg." <laughs> Frank, it's just creating a monoculture, which is biologically bad, but plants don't fuck! Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm just a humble needle noggin. And this week, we dip our toes into the world of no man's land with Trigun Stampede. Uh, before we talk about incredible naming conventions, remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for a monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron. Well, you know about Trigun. I've seen Trigun twice, the OG Trigun. Really? Yes. And I remember barely any of it, as my brain is wont to do. Mm-hmm. But I did remember that I love Mr. Vash the Stampede, and he is baby girl, and that I love Wolfwood, my bitch boy, <laughs> and uh, Millie uh, and Meryl, only one of whom, for some reason, is, is in this, in this program. Yeah. Um no, you, before we, we recorded today, you sent me some episodes or, like, YouTube compilations of of this program and of the original program. And I was like, oh, this is way different than what we just watched. Yeah, tonally, a little bit of tonal whiplash there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just, uh, from the top, I was very confused watching this. Um, you know, I think there are some some moments where it succeeds. I think a lot of the animation and like fight choreography is very interesting. I think oh, it is a very visually gorgeous. interesting, um, you know, piece of piece of media. Uh, I could not really get a grip on the story to save my life, and, and we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, you know, a, a mixed bag today. A mixed bag. I think as I was sitting there watching it the last couple of nights, I really was thinking to myself, like, "Well, we're really gonna we're gonna return to Mortified's roots with like trying to dig at what this program was trying to do." Yes. Because I don't think either of us were like all that in love with it. No. Um, I kind of agree. I thought the pacing and the story were a little bit messy, but like mm-hmm. visually, it was a treat. And also the. Um, I thought the sound designers popped off. The music ruled and, and yes. the sound effects ruled. It was really great. Music was very good. There was like, I think in the like very final episode, there was um, a song that was like so close to like the thing that happens at the end of Kingdom Hearts. And I was like, oh, this really works for me. So It did um, give a little bit of like a Shimomura-esque. Right. Um, God, when I found out she worked on Xenoblade Chronicles, that gave me so much more sense to me. I was like, ah, oh, that's why I'm so emotional about these mm-hmm. like, for some reason, British dubbed listen hey gotta make some choices so i will be our guide today because i think i got i have a little bit more context and i got um i think i understood a little bit more of the plot than you or our good friend of the show marty Mm -hmm. which by the way so marty watched stampede 
all they said was they were, they were watching Trigun because I had mentioned we were watching Stampede. Mm-hmm. I thought they watched the original. So when they started complaining mm-hmm. to me that the story made no sense, I was like, what do you mean? It's like a super it's, straightforward yeah. spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. No, they watched Stampede because they thought we already watched it. Ah, so, gotcha. Uh, anyway, we watched Stampede. Uh, so in the opening scene, we see, this is the scene from the trailer, we see two little twin boys, and they're like adoptive mom flying in on a colony ship from Earth. This is the Project Seed, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. They're trying to seed and colonize other planets, as Earth is like, not able to sustain human life anymore. They are on ship number five. Okay. The ship crashes. And their caretaker, Rem, sends mm-hmm. both of the boys to the planet below uh, to help them survive before the ship uh, makes impact and explodes. These two little boys are Nye, or Knives. <laughs> Millions Knives is an all-time character name. Like, that's why I'm so frustrated that I didn't like this as much. Because, like, if you put a character named Millions Knives in your program, like, that immediately makes me like them. <laughs> This is like Bandit Keith level right. naming conventions. And it's so funny because the all I could think about when I was watching this show and they were, you know, you got like the Nebraskas and, and mm-hmm. there's um there's a character in the original made, named like Neon something. Uh, and like the Japanese voice actors will say the English words. All I can right. think of when I watch that is the fact that like Goku means pants. Yeah, it's really so good. So it's just the reverse effect of having a main character named Pants. Um <laughs> <laughs> Naruto is like, you know, the spiral little mm-hmm. crouton thing. Anyway, so Rev sends these little boys off in an escape pod. Uh, and uh, when they land, uh, Vash and... Uh, uh, well, Nai seems a little bit more happy about what has happened. And Vash feels very guilty and he runs away. And, and Nai kind of makes it sound like... Uh, or explicitly says that Vash was his accomplice and he should be happy that all these people died. Uh, then we cut to uh, junior reporter Meryl Strife. And her alcoholic, lazy-ass boss, Roberto. Do you know what his full name is? What is his full name? It's Roberto De Niro. I love that. (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) Sure, okay. (laughs) Mr. De Niro featuring a Trigun Stampede. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's whatever. She only ever calls him Senpai, so not not like it ever matters. Sure. And so they're hunting down leads when uh, they are working for a tabloid. When they uh, come upon the ro- the town of uh, Genora Rock. So Genora Rock is a location in the OG stamp- uh, tri- Trigun, by the way. And, like, okay. a tragedy also happens there. It is weird that they spend three episodes in Genora Rock. Like, the, the original Trigun is very much, like, episodic. Like, you go from town right. to town to town to town to town. Um, so I'm wondering if it was, like, budgetary reasons that they couldn't 3D build out, like, four or five towns. They had to really use all their budget in Genora Rock and mm-hmm. then in July. Also weird that July was not the July, but July. That might have been just an issue with our, with the the place that we got our dubs from, or our subs from, but like, yeah, very strange. It took me forever to connect the fact that those two are the same place. But anyway, uh, so they come to Genoa Rock where they meet, uh, uh, where first of all, they see a pile of corpses and one of them is still alive. (laughs) That one is our boy. Vash the Stampede, the humanoid typhoon. I thought this was a great way to introduce Vash. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think I think his character introduction is very much like, okay, there's a kind of pathetic man. Um, he doesn't want to fight. He, he mostly wants to run away. Um, and then, like, once, once the actual, like, fighting starts and, like, he has to save people, then we get a superpower, which is um, just super, super gun. He's really good at shooting guns. 
Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, like, he's he's baby girl. I think you're 100% right. <laughs> he's just a little baby girl, and I, I love him. He's much more baby girl in this one than he is in, in uh, the OG, and I think it's because he's, partially because he's aged down, partially because mm-hmm. he doesn't spend the entire runtime hitting on women and flirting with Wolfwood. Hmm. That, that was missing for me, but anyway. Uh, so, uh, the people of, of Genora Rock, uh, need help because their plant, which is their kind of biological, uh, power generator, there are a couple of different types of plants. Um, some generate water, some generate electricity, some generate, I think, gravity, and some generate, I think, wind is the last thing? There's four categories of them. One of their plants, of the two that they have, is failing, and Vash, um, has, you know, taken a look before and was able to fix it. But now when he goes to the plant, uh, he realizes that it's dying, uh, which kind of in the beginning here implies that there's a biological component to these plants, that there might be plants in the engineering sense and also plants in the like plant sense. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I didn't get that at all. I was just like, OK, it's like a magic and it's a magic generator. It does something nebulous. Uh, OK, Fine, whatever. I'm also filling in context from later episodes for the sake of you know, right, right. our audience. Right, um, but like this is this is immediately I was like, okay, I guess these are like important, but I don't, I did not fully understand their their significance until at the very end. I'm really learning based on conversations with like you and Marty that I just have like anime brain and I like get it almost immediately because I'm so conditioned to get it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, right? Like it seems like very obvious in hindsight, right? Like anime is very rarely subtle like if they call something a plant like it probably does have a double meaning like wolfwood having the big fucking cross on his back and then him being directly asked later like have you figured out how to lay down your cross like obviously he's a man who's very you know dealing with a lot of shit <laughs> like oh we'll talk about wolfwood love mm-hmm. of my life what a what a little guy mm-hmm. um so Vash informs uh, Rosa, the kind of leader of Genora Rock, that uh, their plant is dying. Genora mm-hmm. uh, Rock now proceeds to have God's worst day. Yeah, it's just like freak upon freak descends upon Genora Rock. We start with the fucking Nebraskas. Um, the the Nebraskas- greatest father-son duo this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> Nebraska's are great because they roll in and they just want to steal the plant, right? And they're like your mm-hmm. kind of villain of the week. Sure. And uh, we get to see Vash kind of pull a Naruto in which he like talks down the Nebraska's. Yeah. And it's like, hey, don't do this. The, the, you know, the plant will die. And he convinces the people of Genoa Rock to save um, the son. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, what is his name? Um, I'm looking for it. It's Gofsef. I think it's yeah, supposed it's Yo- to be. Yeah, it's Yosef, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's supposed to be Joseph. Uh, right. So in the OG, by the way, Joseph is, like, huge and carries his dad in his pocket, which I think is hysterical. He looks like a goddamn colossus <laughs> based on the screenshot you there, sent me. There's also a colossus lady, by the way, who is the mom of another oh, villain hell yeah. of the day. It's great. Excellent. So uh, Vash convinces the townspeople to save Yosef because he saved the plant from, like, collapsing, right? So they're all kind of, like, working together and coming to to terms. And, and the episode ends very much with all of them in the pub. And, and you know, Rose's little boy, like, comes up and, like, you know, is, like, hanging out with Meryl and, and Roberto and Vash and uh, the, the Nebraskas. And it's very cute. And then you see a familiar bulbous caped silhouette on the sand. And immediately you're like, is that knives? It's knives. So 
Knives Millions fucking, uh, or Millions Knives fucking rolls into town because he too wants the plant. But unlike our, uh, comparably chill villains of the week, the Nebraska's, he's a little, he's a little off his rocker and he's quite violent. So, uh, Knives and his accomplice, the doctor, uh, who is what he sounds like, he is a evil doctor, begin to literally tear this town to shreds because knives kind of like the entry level of his superpower is he kind of doc ox knives yeah his tentacles are made of knives which visually Mm -hmm. kind of rules no it's great it's it's a great it's a great visually image but like here's where i think start going to go off the rails for me because i was like okay (laughs) it seemed like we were setting up a monster of the week sort of framework but then our monster of the week was the EG bomber guy. He is immediately eviscerated by knives, like in uh, a brutal way. Yeah, he literally te- tear like slices his arms off, um, and um, and then like it just starts to become a massacre on this town. And like like you said, like I think this is where it's like it's weird that we were spending so much time in this town. Like a full quarter of the show takes place in this town, and then you know it becomes you know the the impetus for Vash's journey. Uh, which is, you know, fine and good, but, like, it, I just feel like it set us up for a, a, you know, Monster of the Week style sort of framework when it's actually much more, epi- or not episodic, but, like, you know, dealing with the, the problem of knives. And, you know, I, I got a little bit confused because it seemed like, you know, they were talking about themes of, like, parenthood in, in the second episode. Uh, and then it's just like, nah, fuck all that. Uh, <laughs> we, we have we have some weird sibling issues going on. Um, and And, like... I just, I don't know. I could not figure out what the show was trying to get me to feel at this point besides like, oh, Knives is bad um, and the plants are important, which is ultimately, I think, what they did want us to, to get from that, which is a shame because there's a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about what the show is trying to get at because I am also, I know what it was trying to do, but I'm not sure why it chose the way that it did. Mm-hmm. But so Knives takes the dying plant. You can tell when they're dying because their little their tubes turn red, and he takes it away. And uh, throughout the episodes, you kind of start to hear like in the news that there are other similar robberies that like plants are being taken from from all the the seven cities, um, and uh, and a bunch of like villages and stuff. So Vash sets off to track down Knives after uh, Rosa's son loses his arm and the. And the uh, town of Genora Rock is destroyed and Rosa basically tells him like leave and never come back um, and so Vash being the saddest little guy he p- could possibly be picks up his bag goes off to um, goes forth basically goes off to um, find his brother so uh, Millie or not Millie sorry, I want Millie to be in this show so bad I'm like manifesting her <laughs> Meryl and Roberto follow him and uh decide that they're like gonna help him out uh they find on their journey through the desert they run over wolfwood that is they they do just hit him with the car which is very good and the wolfwood survives he's fine Uh, he's completely fine wonder why wonder if he's a little freak yes um they get eaten by a huge fuck off dune worm in this process (laughs) and uh from inside uh wolfwood slices it in half with his cross gun because the giant (laughs) his cross gun's very cool i think listen 
You know, I think Ava is kind of the gold standard for appropriating Christian iconography and doing, like, absolutely nothing with it thematically. Um, but, like, this is pretty fun where it's just like, okay, this guy has a cross on his back because he's dealing with some stuff. But also it is a laser cannon Gatling gun. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing, Aaron. The original okay. show is a redemption allegory. Oh, and so Wolf. Okay, so Wolfwood gets a redemption arc in the original show. That makes a lot more sense because here he's just kind of there. In the original show, Nicholas D. Wolfwood shows up, and the he is built to be a foil for Vash. Vash, which makes is sense, nonviolent, and Wolfwood wants to fucking kill everything. And every time he goes to do that, Vash stops him and goes, "What happened to Thou shalt not kill?" And he throws mm-hmm. the Bible in his face every time, and he's like, "What kind of a priest are you? Like, what kind of a church man are you?" And that stops Wolfwood a lot. And the reveal is that Wolfwood is actually working for the gang Knives hired, mm-hmm. and Knives is like hiding behind this this gang. And so at the end, Wolfwood sacrifices himself, and Vash literally picks up his cross and bears it into battle. Okay, yes, that's, that is, you know, pretty solid story structure. That makes sense. It doesn't make any fuck out, fucking sense here, but, like, I, I if this is going to be, like, a prequel, I mean, I don't actually know what this is supposed to it's be, right? It's an is, is AU it- that is a climate change allegory made out mm. of the scraps of a redemption story. Right. This is why maybe we don't, maybe we just make a new property. Maybe, maybe, maybe we just make maybe a new IP. Just do, just do a new story. Just it's do fine. Just IP. Why is you, that? It, it, can be, it can be inspired by it. I'm happy to have a guy with a cross gun, but it does have to make sense. Trigun and Fullmetal Alchemist do not have the fucking copyright on a cool red trench coat. Yeah. And a blonde protagonist. All right? Just do a new one. Add to the pantheon. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so there was a boy who was controlling the worm. This is uh, Zazie the Beast. He's also in the OG. Okay. So, again, he is what is the point of this dude? He's from he the original. He's a cameo. He doesn't do anything in this show, though. No. He controls the worm. He is worm. He is worm. He, he, he is worm. He controls <laughs> worm. worm. He is dragonflies. Yeah. I guess he is. The, he's all of these gross, nasty things because he's also a little freak, but he doesn't do anything here. Like literally the doctor shows up in like one of the final episodes and he's like, OK, you're done with the protagonists now. I'm taking them away from you. And he's like, oh, man. And then he doesn't matter in the rest of the show. Yeah, God, there's I no payoff for him. There's no payoff. It's it's a little bit wild, but it's fine. So anyway, in another time they go on. Vash is hunted by a cyborg who is. Um, so this is Rolo. This is a little boy he promised to save. Mm-hmm. but couldn't and now he got experimented on by the doctor and he's like this this huge cyborg with guns for arms and uh great he, design great Very design cool. and wolfwood kills the shit out of him shoots him in the fucking head shoots him in the head with his uh cool laser beam uh from his cross mm-hmm. and so they get into this see they get into this like facsimile of their original um conflict which is like Wolfwood tells Vash that he's only alive by the grace of other people dying and that nonviolence isn't really an option and he's being naive. Well, mm. Vash tells him, like, who are you to be the judge and the arbiter of who gets to live or not, which is kind of poetic in, like, the Christian sense, right? Like, who are, as a as a man of God, who are you to be God in this sense, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, almost something. And then they abandon the thread completely. Right. If that had been more of a thing, but again, you know, not, we'll get there, but basically Wolfwood, 
doesn't he doesn't factor into the final resolution of the show. No, not at all. Uh, so they end up on the sand steamer having this argument. Meryl and Roberto have decided to kind of abandon ship, uh, you know, if you will. Uh, because um, Vash I want to is- say, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, because Vash is too dangerous. So they like, we're like, we just write for a tabloid. What are we doing? But then Meryl convinces Roberto to get on the ship because she's obsessed with Vash. Like, valid. He's a baby girl. What were you going to yeah. say? Uh, I was going to say, uh, I love the stand- sand steamer. It's just it like rolls. an enormous, like, fucking ugly looking like a vacuum cleaner that just drives across the this the um the sand sea uh it's like the uh the slave one from star wars except it's just like a hundred times bigger um it reminds you a lot of the shoe puff actually from final fantasy 10 where it's just <gasps> like yeah get get on board a big thing and cross an ocean i i love that it's it great. reminded me of the um god not the shoe puff but the uh Oh, fuck me, I lost it. Oh, the thing from Nausicaa. The big pill books from Nausicaa. Mmm. Yeah, they're fun. They're, they're shaped similarly to the shoe puff. So uh, they're on the sand steamer and they're like, whew, whew, we're here, everything's chill. Oh, it is so not chill. Um, we get a little we get a little backstory on uh, this version of Wolfwood. Um, so it is the, the same in the sense that he came from that orphanage, right? And he, he protects the orphanage. Um, but we get to meet his, um, brother? His adopted brother? There was, I don't know about all that, um, just some queer flashbacks, but alright, you do whatever you need. Yeah, um, the, they use the, the term brother all the time, but when they introduce the fucking, um, the kid- Livio. Liddy, Livio, with, with Wolfwood- they're, they, like, zoom in on them holding hands. Uh, Livio, like, has his head on Wolfwood's chest in the orphanage. Like, that's not how you do siblings. Even in anime, which is a little bit more dramatic, you know, high drama, like, a little bit more willing to get into feelings. Especially, you know, siblings in anime are very rarely, like, siblings in, in real life where you're, like, constantly, like, bickering and being kind of annoying to each other. They're always just like, oh, big brother, I want to be like you someday. Ha ha ha, we'll see, little twerp. Uh, it's not like that. It, this this did not read like siblings to me. <laughs> this did not read like siblings. It also didn't read like siblings when they were adults, because Livio is trying to kill Vash, and mm-hmm. Wolfwood is trying to stop Livio. Unbeknownst to them, Zazy and Summers? Summers? What's his name? The guy with the uh, blue hair. I don't remember him at all, but uh, Legato Blue Summers is who you're talking Blue about. Summers. Oh, fucking freak. Blue Summers, who is like a... a He's got, like, telekinesis powers. He pretzled Wolfwood <laughs> when he was captured. Oh, that's that guy. I, yeah! Sh- sure. So, okay, sure. See, like, the, the thing is that he doesn't show up after this, so I don't know why he was here. He was he was in he was in Wolfwood's flashbacks. So I was like, yes. okay. But then I don't know why he was here, and he didn't matter in the rest of the story. <laughs> I don't know. So Blue I'm Summers and Daisy are driving towards the steamship, and they're planning on having the steamship crash into the town with the orphanage. Okay. Uh, mostly to torment Wolfwood, because all of these, uh, all these chuckle fucks, Livio, mm-hmm. Nicholas, uh, Zazy, Blue, uh, Blue Summers, they're all like the doctor's experiments. And so far, mm-hmm. we don't know why the doctor is doing all this shit. We just know he's working with knives. So while this is all happening, uh, the the gung ho gang, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure that's who they are, 
which are the gang, by the way, from the OG Trigun that knives like shadow puppets. Like they are kind okay. of the big bads. Okay. They get on a steamship and it's just chaos. And they're, what they're trying to do is corner Wolfwood into being the Punisher again. But because mm-hmm. Vash is there, he's trying to Naruto his way into Wolfwood's heart and stop him from killing everybody. Uh, Wolfwood gets Livio to realize, uh, to like remember himself. And uh, he like he kills himself when he realizes he's been brainwashed. And it's very sad, right? These two little boys plucked from the orphanage. Livio literally asked to follow Wolfwood. They both literally grew up too fast because the serum they were pumped with, like, made them age. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're, like, these indiscriminate killing machines, except Wolfwood r- retained his sense of self and Livio did not, uh, which is similar to what we saw with Rolo from a couple episodes ago. So Livio kills himself. Uh, Wolfwood is uh, honestly not heartbroken enough about it. Right. Like, it's, it seems like they would, I don't know. It's so strange because it seems like it's supposed to be a big motivating deal for him, but also, like, again, does not really come up in the rest of the show. I feel like they were trying to tie Wolfwood more into the plot of this Trigun using this mechanic, and it just, like, did not work because Wolfwood and Vash didn't get to spend enough time being foils. Um, So... They managed to miraculously not only stop the ship, but the giant fuck-off ion cannon strapped to the ship, which ruled. Um, Ion cannon was cool. And in this process, the gang finds out, part of the reason they were able to stop the ship is that Vash went into the plant room and communicated with the plant. And then the gang walks in, and they realize that Vash is himself a fucking plant. Yeah. At this point, I was like, okay... All right, I I was I was glad that there was something plot relevant happening because I was like, okay, this this makes sense a little bit now. I'm glad that the show is like, you know, you have to trust you have to trust a program to reveal itself, reveal relevant information in time. So I was like, okay, I'm still pretty out there, but like this was like a pretty good moment for me. I was like, okay, this makes more sense why Vash cares about this and has this special connection. So at this point, I was like, okay, I I think I can make it through. Um, but like, um, yeah, I, I, I was just, you know, a lot of this was really me really just being like, please show, tell me what I'm supposed to know. I I'm trusting you, but I feel like you're, you're slipping in parts where I really am not getting meaning communicated to me. And I don't think it was intentional. Yeah. And this is where we cut to another flashback, which is like of what happened immediately after the crash, which is Vash runs off from knives Mm -hmm. and gets found by ship three. He gets raised by ship three until they eventually realize they, they, they like are able to decode the black box from ship five and realize that Vash had something to do with the crash. Him and whoever he was talking to, Knives, had something to do with the crash. And immediately, uh, is this Billy? Is that his it's, name? It, because of the B, I, I think it's like Bl- Bl- Blaine, Bruce, Bra- Bronton. No, it's like a very American name. Uh, yeah. What the fuck is his name? Brad. It's Brad, Brad. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Brad. You're so right. Uh, Brad, our fucking Bandit Keith facsimile here, is like, I told you, uh, to his like new adoptive mom, he's like, I told you, Vash is like ready to betray us. And so Vash obviously like runs off and goes to face knives. Uh, his mother caretaker runs after him. Um, and <laughs> this scene... Vash goes to ship five. 
Mm-hmm. Knives has been restoring Ship 5 with the help of the Doctor. Why he has been doing this is fucking beyond me. What I liked was the imagery of the dying plants as yes. Vash walks in. It's like a plant mm-hmm. graveyard, which is in direct contrast with the healthy plants of Ship 3 that Vash has been helping. Uh, and Knives is there, and he's trying to talk to the humans, and he realizes, and the humans tell him that they're preparing the plants for something called the last run, which is Mm -hmm. where they take these overtaxed plants, and they make them do one more push for resources, which makes them lose control and die. Mm -hmm. They kind of, like, calcify. Um, And so Knives watches this happen, and he's like, don't you see, Vash, like, this is humanity. Um, They've, like, brainwashed you. We need to start a new world order. We need to wipe out all the humans. And, like, Mm -hmm. the independence, so the plants that are born of plants and, like, have adapted to this world like us, um, we will rule. And Vash is like, no, no, no. The humans are trying their best. This is not it. You're wrong. Like, we need to, we need to help them. Like, they, they're, they're, you know that, like, plants on their own will just do like one burst of energy and then die and mm-hmm. uh knives says uh comfortable chains are still chains which is like fair enough king sure don't know why we're using these living beings with faces as batteries i don't like seems, that very much seems bad <laughs> seems bad uh and so knives hands vash a gun and says that this is like an appropriate weapon for you as somebody yeah. who doesn't have powers of his own Mm-hmm. Um, and tells him to kill his uh, caretaker when she shows up. And Vash mm-hmm. refuses to do that. His desire to protect her turns his arm into a gate, which is just like a big vacuum. Basically, it sucks up a, a bunch of people and a bunch of stuff into it. Knives chops off Vash's arm here. That's how he loses his arm. And Vash gets taken back to ship three. Knives basically vows to, like, a century later, do whatever, make his right. world order come true. Right. Um, so the arm magic... That's what happens at the end of the thing, right? Yes. His 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 actual real power is he can connect th- to the higher the dimension. Yeah, like he he is an angel. He's able to give he's able to give access to heaven. Is my understanding? Vash can both pull and put. He's a download upload connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, knives is download only. Okay. So. Knives has can has power from dimension. Yeah. Vash door. See, again, another wild choice to reveal this information here when it's like, oh, okay, this is new. Um and like I I understand why you would do it late because it's like, oh, okay, this is why, you know, it it it, it does kind of reveal knives' motivation and like the whole struggle that they've been having, but like it does just add a weird bit of information that like you know, I don't really know if it, it improves the story, unfortunately. Like, go ahead. So in, so in the original. Okay. Knives and Vash are aliens. Just straight up aliens okay. on a human ship. Sure. Vash gets adopted by, well, Vash and Knives, but he spends more time with Rem. And he's like, Rem's so cool. She's like my cool human mom. This fucking mm-hmm. rules. And Vash is a sweetie little baby girl. So, you know, Rem is like, this is my child. Knives gets the shit beat out of him by some humans. Mm. And so it's really easy to track where there are two experiences of maybe um, yeah. shaped their perspective. Right. Things. Slightly different human experiences. This is why Vash believes humanity can be redeemed. 
Mm-hmm. And Knives, after Vash is like, hey, dude, I don't think we should be indiscriminately killing humans. Knives is like, fuck off. When they crash, Knives forcibly triggers Vash's quote unquote, that's what they're calling canon, angel arm, which is a nuke. It bonds the gun he's holding to his arm and nukes something. Mm-hmm. And. So Vash takes both of the guns that trigger their angel arms and fucks off. And this is because it was forcibly triggered and he was a weapon against his will. That is what spurns his nonviolence. That is why he is a pacifist. Uh That being said, he spends most of Trigun still shooting his guns, even if it's just to disarm people. This Vash did not shoot a whole lot. Yeah. Which is a little crazy for Vash the Stampede. Knives, at this point in the original, swears to make Vash's life a living hell. That is what happens. It's very easy to follow, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. In this one, so then, (laughs) so you know, Vash uh, takes his new friends and and, and this background, we're back in the present, back in the present. This confused me, but we're back in the present. Sure. Vash takes uh, his friends and whatever, they find Ship 3 in the middle of a sandstorm and, you know, his caretaker's are able to kind of restore him to full health and, and you know, they kind of get a little bit of a lore drop about Vash, about the fact he hasn't aged in a hundred years and his caretakers have this, like, beautiful biodrome. Um, you know, it's it's great, whatever. Uh, and then Knives kidnaps Meryl and Roberto. Well, not Knives, sorry, Zazie. And takes mm-hmm. them to... Worm Man. The Worm Boy. Takes them to Knives' lair in Ship 3. And this is where the show lost me. I was with it until this point. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Interesting. I was, able, I was on it. Zazie takes them to the ship. And then the doctor finds Zazie and Meryl and Roberto and was like, I'm going to take you on a guided tour of fucking Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. And he shows them... That basically what they're trying to do is artificially create more independence, which is, again, what Vash and Knives are. And they're, like, humanish plants that have, like, free will. And so he takes them to see this little freaky vampire girl we have been seeing this whole time. And Wait, she's, really? She's a, She's been around for a couple episodes. Really? <laughs> yeah, she showed up with the doctor to Janora Rock. I have I have no memory of Eleanor Ellen Jira actually is her name. Um as far as I'm concerned, she shows up for the first time in episode ten. No, she was with the doctor in episode three. But did she do anything? Did she have lines? No. Okay. She had so... lines. But she didn't like do anything. Okay. Again, like there's just so much weird I, I guess I'm glad, you know, that's my fault for not picking up on that, but like I don't know. I at this point the show is not giving me reasons to be invested in background characters when so many of the foreground characters stop mattering. And because again, can't can't say this enough, Millie Millie is not there. Yes, the only one, the the one my one true <laughs> Millie mm-hmm. Thompson. Um. So, uh, uh, what's her face wakes up in the tube because Meryl is like, oh my god, this is awful. I can't believe you're cloning like plants and and keeping them in tubes and you plan on like doing all this stuff and she wakes up and she starts shooting nails wild power 
Yeah, I mean, like, listen, if Knives, if she's Knives' kid, right, you have sure. to assume. What? Sure, yeah. I mean, they're called, Ky- there's a bit where he, Knives sort of impregnates Vash. There's a lot of stuff going on. We'll get um, to that. Um, but, like, I, you know, I'm just saying, right, if they're all, like, semi-related to, to Knives' ability, I kind of like the idea that they're all just able to summon sharp objects of various uh, uh, types. What what would what would you I would do like push pins. I was thinking scissors. Scissors. Ooh. All right. All right. All right. I like scissors. 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 If you aim them poorly, could be kind of a clown shit. I know that. That's why I like scissors because it's <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean push pins isn't much better. Push pins is a nuisance, you know. Like, ah shit! Fuck! Ah! <laughs> ah! I can't believe this power! Ow! I'm, this sucks! Ow! Ow! So she broke skin. Fuck. Fuck. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, they start kind of fighting with, with Roberto De Niro and, and, uh, Meryl and until Wolfwood and Vash show up. Um, and it takes literally putting a scratch on that little girl for her to give up because she doesn't like pain, which I thought was hysterical. That's very, I mean, like, she is, like, literally a baby child who was born apparently last week. So, like, makes sense. Yeah, so uh, so Vash and Wolfwood have like a little heart to heart in the hallway where Wolfwood just kind of fucks off, which again, sorry there, buddy. Um, and he goes to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Hey, your contract's been fulfilled." And this is where he gives her the "Have you been able to put down your cross line?" Mm-hmm. Which I like, think anime should be ham fisted, so I was fine. It with is it. ham fisted, but like I also, what is his cross? Besides the fact that his his brother slash lover, you know, is tormented or whatever. Well, he killed like, a lot of people. I guess but this is this is anime. But like, I, I a, guess I guess that's true. We had some flashbacks about his, you know, dark past. So his sure. indiscriminate killing before he met Vash. He killed a bunch I, of people that I have no context for nor care about. But okay, yeah, yeah, it's whatever. Well, he did kill Rolo. We have some context. For okay, Rolo. he killed he killed Rolo, which is bad. He killed sure. a little boy in a big that's man's fine. body. Uh, so Vash goes to fight Knives. Um, Knives, I did think when that trap door opened, I did think Knives straight up dissolved Vash. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of wish he did. I think that would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, it would have been pretty funny. Turn him into, <laughs> turn him into soup. Bye. End of show. <laughs> Vash the soup peed. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, sorry, listeners, that I'm coughing. I'm, I'm literally having an asthma attack recording this podcast right hey, now. Hey, do you maybe want to stop? <laughs> no, it's fine. I already have my inhaler, so I can't, like, do it again. Okay. Anyway, so, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Vash is now in a vat, vat the stampede, uh, with a bunch of plants, and Knives follows him down there, and this is where we get into some, some shit, okay? So follow me. Follow me. Follow me on my journey. Okay. Knives thinks Vash is a little pussy. So right. he's like, I'm going to remake you in my image. I'm mm-hmm. going to basically infect you because you are my twin brother and we are related. And I'm going to make you more like me. You will not have any of these formative memories with these humans. You will let that shit go and you will become the door that I need. So mm-hmm. he sticks his Doc Ock fucking nasty tentacles into Vash's spine and goes, like, deep into his memory hole and starts wiping shit. There's, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of different levels he goes through down into, like, the corest of core memories, which is REM. While this is happening, Vash starts growing roots from his back. Um, so you kind of get that kind of, um, uh, like, bio-material right. versus Plant man-made imagery. material. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's nice visually. It's cool. And uh, 
while this is happening, Meryl is watching all of this with the doctor and she's like trying to get to Vash. She's like, dude, why are you letting this happen? This is going to wipe out all of human life because if Knives goes through the Vash door and talks to the core of the plant energy, he will be able to make more independence and kind of pull a Noah's Ark. He will flood the world and, and like the cities will be destroyed by like the a rain sub- of fire. The sub says he will artificially impregnate all the new plants and create. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We have to. The pregnancies have to come in their own time. Okay. I I we gotta talk about it though. We will. I'm getting there. So. Knife starts wiping Vash's memories. Right, and Vash is turning gray, uh, which was cool visually i guess because yep. he stays gray like his skin turns back normal but he his outfit stays gray which was neat so vash's roots start to plug in to the plant bulbs which they look like literal bulbs right with little roots in them and then they start to unfurl and you see that vash is kind of plugged into their bellies and as aaron just pointed out knives is fun big plan to birth more more independence is to quote artificially impregnate the plants and make them birth more independence now listen i've seen evangelion so this did not phase me right right i mean like this is this is i don't i don't think like conceptually this is bad i do wish that you did not use the word impregnate to describe an an act where you are penetrating your brother that's very fair, I think. But he was only penetrating his spine. This is this is absolutely a sexual allegory. There's no way around it. Okay. I mean, it's it's not okay. It is not textually sexual, but is of course r- very easy to make that read. But he's and not impregnating he, his brother. He's using his brother to impregnate the plants. Oh, that's better. Yes. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You can't use the. You can't do brother impreg. I. You know what? I'm willing to stake my reputation on that. You can quote me. Aaron Voigt says, "Do not do brother impreg." It's not brother impreg. It's just creating a monoculture, which is biologically bad. But plants don't fuck. You know how so Twitter is dying, but like you know how sometimes you see you you used to see a tweet and be like you'd be like, damn, I wish I didn't understand every word in that tweet, but I do. That's how I feel when you said that. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm not defending it as a creative choice. I'm just saying logically, okay, I guess. Yes, I think, I think, you know, we're going to be really careful with our phrasing, but I think logically, okay, I guess, is where I come down on that, too. <laughs> yeah, listen, Layla Mabinova also, again, brother and against us. You can't see it, but we're making X's with our arms, and I'm crying because this is so stupid. Anyway, so a bunch of roots start flooding everything, and a big rem made out of roots starts to take over the lab tower, and she threatens to, like, kind of bring down the wrath of God. And Meryl just keeps yelling at Vash and shooting the window with her little dinky-ass gun that she got from Roberto. (laughs) Roberto died, by the way. It's the worst gun in the world. It only holds two bullets, and then you have to reload it. In a show about guns, it's really sad. (laughs) 
so she finally gets through to Vash, and like, hey, in the OG, Vash and Wolfwood are like pretty queer coded. In this one, I I kind of see what the Meryl shippers are getting at. Right. She has there's, a personality. I like them together. It's cute as hell. Yeah. It, it, there's, she's doing something. It's nice. She's great. Also, by the way, shouts to the character designers. I really love the reference, uh, the visual references to her OG design. Like, the earrings are the same shape. Good stuff. Anyway, she gets through Vash. Vash saves her from being stabbed by knives. And then we get into, honestly, one of the coolest choreographed, like, dual sequences I've seen since probably Promare. It's very good. It's neat as shit. So if you haven't seen Trigun Stampede, it is a CGI show. It's just rendered to look 2D with the timing and the way things are rigged and the shaders and stuff. So they can they can get away with some cool shit. So they turn into one-winged angels, which doesn't mm-hmm. rule visually. Yeah. Knives is white, Vash is black, and they go flying. And basically what Vash has done is he's taken the power of the door and the core, and he's, like, squeezed it into this cube. And his plan is to fire that apocalyptic power into space. So he flies up to space, and Knives are fighting the whole time. They both, like, wreck a bunch of people. Uh, Knives, uh, uh, Knives is doing the wrecking. Vash is very much trying to warn them away. Um, Knives slices them. So they get up into space, and Meryl is like, oh, God, if they do this, Bash will be blown into smithereens, which, you know, trolley problem mm-hmm. is all I have to say to that. So Bash and Knives fight in space for a while. Knives, uh, when Bash finally blasts the power into space, Knives, like, tries to get through the beam and is like, I'll make a paradise for the both of us. Uh, but Bash is like, uh, bro, what are you doing? You're going to die. And Knives does die, but before he dies, he's like, Knives is dead. You killed him. Which, okay, whatever. And then Vash um, plummets to the earth, and the city of July is still destroyed. It is a crater. 90% of the people in July die. And his bounty goes from $6 million double dollars to $60 million double dollars. By the way, the is currency... Is it like $60 billion? Or it, it might be $60 billion. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, the currency in the show is called double dollars and cents are C cents sure pretty good i mean that's fun so uh we find out ash has no memories for some reason his name is eric's now and he's like has no memory and keeps playing the little piano refrain that mm-hmm. knives is playing i wonder if the show parts of the show were mo-capped because i was watching knives's hands whenever he played the piano and it looked accurate to me like yeah. it looked like he was actually playing the notes i was like is that real Anyway, that was Trigun Stampede. Um, just to let you in on how the OG ends, again, Vash um, carries a Wolfless Cross in battle, fights Knives. Uh, he does spare Knives' life because Rem made him promise to take care of Knives, so he ties him up and carries him back home to Meryl and Millie. And that's where the show ends. Sure. So, Stampede! Yeah, um... I, th- I think, yeah, we said at the top, like, very confused thematically, um, ma- made some choices that, you know, I-, I-, I do feel hurt in the long run. But, you know, from a production standpoint, a very good program. Uh, beautiful. Gorgeous to look at. I had a lot of fun watching it. I also, ooh, so at the end, in episode 12, uh, so again, Millie uh, and Meryl in the OG are insurance girls, and they spend a lot of time 
following Vash around, calculating all the damage she does, which I think is hysterical. Um, they are thematically the everyman caught up in the ideological struggle between Vash and Knives and Wolfwood. So they do eventually like have to pick a side and they have to be the execution of the redemption that Vash keeps like seeing he sees in humans. Um, so they're like very important plot-wise. And then... Uh, I do like that in episode 12, Meryl is like driving back to the headquarters of the tabloid and her coworker is like threatening her that she'll be she'll be sacked and sent to the insurance agency mm-hmm. and that she's getting a junior assigned to her with the last name Thompson and it's Millie Thompson, which mm-hmm. I just thought was like a cute little yeah. a cute little nod to sure. uh, the OG. Um, sure. I don't know if this program will get a season two. I think it did pretty well. Um, if it does get a season two, I am not sure I will be watching it, though it is very pretty. So, like, who's to say? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the Wikipedia on its production. Uh, it seems like the producer from, uh, the Toho producer, um, uh, Katsuhiro Takei, um, said that they wanted to start a new Trigun, um, and, like, there's already other anime adaptations so, like, they wanted to just, you know, do something that would attract new viewers and not make them think that it's hard to get into the series. Um, which, like, I... It's not I hard to get into the series. I don't know, but it's 20... It's, like, 26 episodes, right? Like... It's 26 episodes. One Piece is something that's hard to get into, right? Uh, Naruto, that's that's hard to get into. Um, this ain't... Trigon, that's, that's baby shit. Trigon is not hard to get into. It's twenty. The, the OG series is 26 episodes. Uh, I'm not sure how long the manga is. I was actually interested in rereading the manga. But, like, the tone is very 90s. It's very, like, goofy, and then it, like, lures you into a false sense of security and then hits you with the, like, the tragedy, right? Like, right. Wolfwood is a tragic character. He's, he's, he's very much... A, tragedy in the same sense that like cowboy bebop is a tragedy but it Mm -hmm. lures you into a false sense of security because spike is a goofball right um this i don't know if it succeeds in doing that yeah i you know i i don't think so i think i think it was trying to do juggle a lot of stuff and trying to make these callbacks and connections to the original in a way that like with only its 12 episode structure it just didn't have the time to um and, and it ended up kind of muddling its messaging. I think if they maybe had tightened down in like one or two major storylines, that would have probably benefited it. Um, but you know, uh, you gotta try shit. Uh, but I do, I do think ultimately, if you're gonna try new weird stuff, you should try new weird stuff that's not existing IP. You know, we'll talk about Barbie here in a couple of months, and like I think that's a completely different conversation about how like yes, there is like a Barbie like cinematic universe, which Hey, listeners, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Um, anyway, um, but like, I think it is a completely different conversation to be like, okay, we're going to take, we're going to like, you know, take this, like, again, technically, yes, Barbie's an existing IP, but they're telling a new story with it, right? Um, and like, they're, they're not, they're not saying like, okay, we're going to like do a spinoff of like the Nutcracker or whatever. Like, this is just like a completely different story about like what it means to be a Barbie and like, you know what that means in, in the United States, at least, um, and, and and I think that is truly something different than what's happening here, which is like trying to call back to an existing program and trying to make viewers have those connections, which they, you know, if you're trying to attract new viewers, I don't think this accomplishes that because it, it left me pretty pretty confused. I think philosophically, the two things differ in the sense that like 
you start with Trigon, you kind of start with, okay, there, here's this thing I love. How do we get new people into it? And you retroactively apply a relevant topic, which is climate change, right? This is very much a climate change allegory. It is about, um, okay, humans ruined the planet Earth. Now there are parasites crawling through space and how, like, who's going to win? Literally, I think Zazie asks the question of Meryl and Roberta, like, who's going to win, the humans or the plants? It's very, like, very over, you know, hammer me nail. Um, sure. Whereas Barbie, Greta Gerwig, from lived experience, started with the philosophical question of, like, how do you face being a woman in this modern age and being a girl in this modern age where you are expected to be all of these contradictory things and used the symbol we all understand and can relate to, which is Barbie, as a vehicle for that mm-hmm. um, journey. So, like, the two are just different. And, and I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again, but, like, imitation without understanding what made the original work will land hollow and i do feel like there are moments where this trigun like gets it and then there are moments where it completely whiffs it and i just i if there is a season two i hope i hope it's treated um i hope they can take this like fresh start of vash not having his memories and like um you know not having roberto and having millie back to kind of lighten up the tone um kind of figure out their footing and how they want to apply all these characters to to whatever they're trying to do and you know keep keep all the like really cool visuals because honestly i would love to see the og trigun in this style i think i it, it completely rules yeah yeah absolutely um yeah, I mean, do we have a I mean, I actually I know we don't have a marketing minute because I made this outline while I was on the call while so, I was cleaning up shattered glass from my lamp. Your hosts listeners are going through it. Um, yeah, well, you, well, you can't say that this entire episode I've been drinking a lot of wine from my very large Barbie glass. Um uh, we're we are hanging on by a thread. Um but yeah, um yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if we were going to do a marketing minute, it would be like, what, if we were going to try to do something like this, which is like, sort of like a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, like revamp, re reworking of an existing show, how would we try to, what would we do? And how would we try to avoid some of the pitfalls um, that I think Stampede fell into? What property do I want to rise chimera-like from the ashes? Oh, that's a mixed metaphor. Phoenix-like from the ashes. Chimera-like. Um, <laughs> I mean, for me, like, if you're trying to, like, get people into a thing, you know, Naruto is, is the thing that comes to mind, obviously. I think there's a lot of stuff you could do with Naruto to cut out all the weird misogyny. Um, I would love a Naruto that gives Sakura any agency. <laughs> Unfortunately, if you want to keep Naruto, so you're talking about avoiding pitfalls. In order for Naruto to stay Naruto and give Sakura agency, she does have to be gay with Ida. <laughs> yes, like honestly, yes, I think that's a much better story, right? Like, I think if you change the the, honestly, you could do a lot with being like with playing with the the tension between like Sakura being like I have to be attracted to Sasuke because all the other girls, especially Ino, are attracted to Sasuke, and like maybe having a conversation about like the inherent like like homoeroticism that comes with that with sasuke and naruto's like rivalry and and sakura realizing like hey sasuke actually sucks 
And I have a lot stronger feelings towards Eno. Like, I think that would be a very interesting way to, like, tackle the IP. Having, hold, having Sakura and Eno initially bond over their, like, fake crushes or, like, like the crush they're growing out of on Sasuke. And then realizing yeah. that the reason they keep talking about Sasuke is because they want to spend time together. Yeah. And it's the only thing currently bonding them? Come on! Yeah, no. Sakura Shippuden. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, that'd be sick. Kishimoto, give us the fucking Sakura Redemption tour. You Boruto's jo- over. We're doing this. We're canceling <laughs> Boruto. We're, we're fixing. We're fixing your program. Joe, start joking? Oh my god, I would love that. Um, so, I'm shocked my answer took me this long to come to. Model is soft. Give me Zeta Saga. No, no, don't. Give it no, to me. No, no, there's... Give listen, it to me. Listen, I, 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 I can see where you're coming from. However, it's unsalvageable. It is so salvageable. <laughs> Give it to me. Are you kidding me? It is a story about grief. It is a story about the corruptible fucking human will to survive. I can do this. My it is a story about Orlando Bloom Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I can make it work. All right. Monolith Soth, okay. I'm a big fan of your work. <laughs> All right, Monolith Soth, uh, you know where <laughs> Layla, where can Monolith Soth find you on the internet when they <laughs> they send you uh the the rights to this program? So here's the thing, you can no longer find me on Twitter. Uh Elon Musk has laid the straw upon this camel's back and it hath broken. Um so now you can literally find me, you find me on Tumblr at L E Y L S E S. Uh, you can find me by that handle um, there and on Blue Sky. Uh, I do have an invite there now, so I have I have been indoctrinated. Otherwise, if you know me personally and you want my LinkedIn, you may have it. If you want my Discord, you may also have it. You just at that point, you should probably know where to reach out to me. Um, but yeah, my my presence on the social media is diminishing. So if you want to hear my thoughts, of course, you're just gonna have to tell people about this podcast. Yeah, um, I am gonna fucking keep writing Twitter until, until, like, I personally can't, I'm just, like, pounded by <laughs> fascists, I think. Um, actually, no, the actual answer is until Publishing Moves figures out where it wants its authors to be, um, which will probably, unfortunately, be TikTok, which I will not be joining under any circumstances. <laughs> um, but, uh, right now I'm on Twitter at AaronSXL. Uh, Tumblr is, is where I'm getting to be more active. That's Monster Factory fanfic on Tumblr. Um, YouTube.com slash at AA Voight is where I put my um, tabletop things. I've got a really, if you liked our thoughts on Spire la- or Babel last year, I have a very interesting, I think it's interesting, um, and long YouTube essay coming about the intersections between Babel and the uh, tabletop game Spire The City Must Fall uh, by Grant Howard and Chris Taylor. Um, so check that out in hopefully the end of this week, but more than likely, uh, probably next week, if I'm being honest with myself. Um, yeah, and I do another podcast that's with my friends Michael and Josh. That's the Bible Boys. Um, or actually, just Bible Boys. Um, we talk about Christian media uh, and whether or not we should praise or condemn it. And we did an episode on um, But I'm a Cheerleader. So if you are um, looking for some conversations about what it was like to do um queer media in the early 2000s check that out but yeah that's all it's all my plugs um yeah we're we're fucking coasting we're hanging in there um lila 
how how do we want to close out this episode of the podcast? Oh, oh Aaron. Oh, Layla. No, thanks. I'm not a fan of pain. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. <laughs>